Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Thanks for listening, as always, and happy Independence Day week. To celebrate, we'll do our What's the Big Deal, focusing on a transaction that in some ways personifies the United States. Small towns, community, and unhealthy food. What could be more American than that? Mondelez, last week, put in an unsolicited bid to acquire famed chocolate and candy maker Hershey. The preliminary takeover offer valued Hershey at $107 a share, or about $23 billion. Hershey rejected the offer, and in its statement added a line that I'm not sure I've ever seen before, at least quite like this before, saying the company unanimously rejected the indication of interest and determined that that it provided no basis for further discussion. So does that mean that this deal is dead or that it's just a negotiation tactic? Helping us to answer that question this week is Bloomberg food and restaurant reporter Craig Giamona, who covers the consumer industry, including Hershey and Mondelez. Craig, welcome to Deal of the Week. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. So before we get into the specifics of this, uh, let's talk about Hershey and Mondelez as companies. Hershey has an interesting corporate structure involving a trust, correct? Yeah, very interesting slash unusual structure. Um, This goes back to the early 1900s, Milton Hershey, kind of the uh, American Willy Wonka you know who created the company and and the town. I mean, if you ever been to Hershey, Pennsylvania, I have great town, Chocolate Town, USA. I mean, a lot of us from this area obviously went there as kids to the amusement park. I can remember the trip down the turnpike and then west out there. Um, so it all goes back to that. Milton Hershey, you know, in 1905 sets up the Hershey Trust Company, which essentially becomes this vehicle for his wealth. Four years later, establishes the Hershey School and says the trust company should fund it in perpetuity. Why is this important, you're asking? We're talking about a mega deal. The reason why it's important is because the Hershey Trust Company controls about 80% of the voting rights in Hershey Co., the chocolate company. So basically, to put it in simplest terms, there can't be a deal for Hershey Co. without the trust company on board. These are the guys that control the whole thing. It's a 10-member board. They also serve as the board for this school. So very convoluted structure. The Pennsylvania Attorney General would be involved in any deal because they have the right to take a look and see, would it change the funding for the school? So over the years, Hershey has been a takeover target a bunch. You know, In 2002, supposedly there was a deal with Wrigley that was very, very close, and then the board nixed it at the last minute. Nestle was interested back then. A couple times over the last few years, Hershey and Cadbury have been in talks, and that, that deal didn't go anywhere again because of the trust. So once again, we get this statement last week. Hershey co-board, not the trust, the, the company's board said, we reject this offer and we see no further grounds for discussion. I think you're right. That that statement, that sentence in there raised a lot of eyebrows of people saying, you know, is this really the start of a negotiation? It's hard to tell. We have no idea what the trust thinks about this. We've heard the relationship between the company and the trust is a little dysfunctional, but that structure, that corporate structure really makes this interesting situation. Briefly, what is the school exactly? Is it like a K through twelve school? The school is for it... underprivileged kids, mainly from Pennsylvania. I think there are some out of state kids. I do believe it's K twelve, but it's for low income kids from Pennsylvania. I mean, the alumni group is very strong. There's a lot of kids that have gone through that school, gone on to become success stories. And when Milton Hershey set it up, the big thing is he said funded in perpetuity. So the trust company has to fund that school. Now, could they take the money from the sale of Hershey and stick it in an endowment and fund the school? That's possible, but that's the big thing here is that they have to fund that school. It allows the Pennsylvania Attorney General to take a look at any deal. So it's just always been considered kind of a thing that could muddy the waters when someone's trying to buy this chocolate company. 
Definitely. So there's clearly a, a connection between Hershey, the the town, which is a town of about 14,000 people. That's right. Uh, then there's, the, I remember as a kid going to the theme park. Is yep. that also part of the company? That's right. So there's Hershey Resorts and Entertainment Company, which owns the theme park, the resort and hotel, the Hershey Bears is a minor league hockey team. If, again, if you've ever been there, there's all kinds of concert venues. That stuff is all part of Hershey Resorts. Again, controlled by the trust. So the trust really controls the town. You know, like eighty. But, but but a separate company from Hershey Co. That's right. It's called Hershey Trust Co. It's a twelve billion dollar charity, one of the richest charity nonprofits in the United States. They have huge assets. They could, like I said, they own the amusement park. They run the hotel, the resort. They have eighty percent of the voting rights in Hershey Co. The chocolate company. So behind it all is this trust. And guess what? This trust has been mired in controversy for the last few years. Allegations of lavish spending. It all started with, um, I think, the purchase of a golf course in 2006 that regulators didn't love. So there's a feeling that Mondelez knew that there was flux on this Trustco board, came out with this bid now to see, hey, maybe these guys want to make a deal. Maybe they want to get out. Because I believe that three members of the board have left in the last year. The Pennsylvania Attorney General is seeking the resignation of another three board members. So this board mired in controversy. Mondelez may be smelling blood in the water here and, and decided to make a play. So really, it's even more American than, than I thought, because it involves corporate malfeasance as well. I, I should have added that at the top. There's there's controversy with the trust, no, no doubt about it. Um, you know, It's a politically connected board, a lot of Pennsylvania big names. A former aide to Governor Rendell was uh, an executive at the Trust Co. He had to resign after getting involved in some wire fraud that involved campaign contributions. So this story has been covered extensively by the you know Philadelphia Inquirer, broke, breaking a lot of stories on it. But it's just really a, a fascinating situation, because again, this trust, which has had all these problems, controls the keys to any deal for Hershey. So let's talk about this deal in particular. Uh, so y- you just laid out that the trust sort of needs to get on board. Uh, therefore, would a bump in a bid, so the original bid came out from Mondelez, and we'll, in, in a second we'll talk about why a deal may or may not make sense. But let's talk about this from an M&A perspective to begin with. Let's say Mondelez ups its bid. Is there any possible way that the trust will feel pressure from the Hershey shareholders to say, look, you guys have to negotiate? Or are they completely immune from that? Where basically they say, look, we control the votes here. I don't care how much you bid. Right. I mean, completely immune you know, might be overstating it just because th- that was the question that I got from people talking to them last week was how can they say that there's no grounds for discussion? This is a nice premium. There's got to be some shareholders out there. You know, Hershey hasn't done great. They had an ill-fated expansion into China you know, they sell sugar in the United States. We all know that U.S. consumers trying to cut down on sugar, and people are still eating chocolate, but they're eating dark chocolate. They're eating premium chocolate. They're not picking up Hershey bars and Reese's cups, those kind of sort of mass market standard items that is Hershey's specialty. So they've, you know, saw sales drop the last two years. This is a company that struggled, that people knew that they were a takeover target. So completely immune? I mean, I don't know. At some point, I got to believe shareholders of this company are going to say, hey, guys, these are good offers. What are we doing here? At least give us some rationale for why you're just rejecting these deals. To put that in perspective a little bit, the company was trading around $97 a share uh, when the offer came out at $107 a share. Now the stock is trading even above $107 a share, indicating that they do, uh, shareholders, expect some bump and some fairly significant bump here, right. I would say. It's it's one of those companies. So 2015 was a big year in food deals, right? We had the Kraft Heinz deal, which is a $55 billion blockbuster. There's been a ton of consolidation in food. Basically, what's happening is American consumers moving away from the center of the store, they call it, moving away from kind of processed food, seeking out fresh, healthy, organic. That's really hurt Kellogg, General Mills, Conagra. Those big guys that make consumer packaged foods have had to adjust their portfolios. And as customers kind of change their taste and move away. So, 
you know, there's been ex- an expectation that there will be a lot of food deals this year. Kraft Heinz was the blockbuster last year. It's been a little slow to start the year. The market conditions maybe haven't been great. We got some Hostess news today. So, you know, finally starting to look like it's picking going up. Going public, Hostess. That's right. So, Hostess, again. The, Hostess is going to go public again after a couple bankruptcies. Now we had, you know, we had this Mondelez deal. You know, the tr- I think the stock went as high as like 117. It's come back a little bit, but not all the way. So, obviously, people think something's going to happen here. All right. So, let's talk about Mondelez. Right. Uh, uh, why does this deal make sense for Mondelez? And, and is that a business that's been struggling, or have they been, pun intended, fairly healthy? No, Mondelez has not done great. So, the when Mondelez and Kraft Foods split, that was a few years back, the idea was Kraft Foods will have the North American exposure. Mondelez set up to go after the fast-growing emerging markets. It just hasn't worked quite like they expected. Brazil's a mess. You know, obviously everything has slowed down in those emerging markets. Honestly, Mondelez has been mentioned as a takeover target. When Bill Ackman got into that stock, the feeling was that maybe 3G and Kraft Heinz will want to buy Mondelez. I know Pepsi has been rumored as a buyer too. Pepsi, that you know, they could stick it together. Um, obviously, Nelson Peltz, who's on the Mondelez board, he's put pressure on Irene Rosenfeld, activist investor. Yeah, and that was always the feeling that he had thoughts about forming the giant snack company, put Frito Lay together with Mondelez, and and there you go. So. Irene Rosenfeld has really been a survivor. She beat back Peltz. She sort of beat back Ackman. But when Ackman got in, the idea was that someone's going to buy Mondelez. Now, the way that this deal was, that this offer was described was as defensive. You saw a lot of notes coming out saying, this is Mondelez, trying to get defensive. Maybe it makes sense for Mondelez. This would be North American exposure. Hershey makes more than 85% of their money selling chocolate in the United States. It's a U.S. business. So, Mondelez you know, is big in China. They make something like 70% outside of North America. So, geographically, maybe there's some synergies there for Mondelez. They own Cadbury. It would unite those two. A big thing that we heard mentioned was the Kit Kat license. So, an unusual thing in some of these chocolate companies like Cadbury. Mondelez owns Cadbury, sells it all across the world. Hershey owns that license in the United States. If you buy a Cadbury bar in the U.S., that is going to Hershey. Mondelez has it the rest of the world. So, Mondelez buys Hershey, unifies the Cadbury brand, but a big one has been Kit Kat. Nestle owns Kit Kat in the rest of the world. Hershey has it in the U.S. Our understanding is that change of control would allow Nestle to take that Kit Kat license back. You know, Kit Kat's like a $700 million brand in the U.S., so that's also been mentioned over the years as a possible hurdle to a deal. But if there's a way to work that out, maybe get that Kit Kat license together. You know, some people thought it didn't make sense for, for Mondelez when the bid came out. Uh, you mentioned Irene Rosenfeld. So she was the CEO of Kraft, and then when Kraft split off Mondelez, she became the CEO of Mondelez, correct? That's right. Uh, one note that I, I did pick up is that, I be, maybe you can fill me in on this a little bit, Craig. I believe when Kraft bought Cadbury, Kraft said they were not going to shut down a factory that was in the UK. And then they turned around and did shut it down. And I think some people in Hershey, uh, or maybe the Pennsylvania Attorney General, may be looking at that saying, look, Mondelez, you can give us all the conditions you want when you tell us you're not going to do X, Y, and Z here. Uh, but but we may not believe you if down the road you decide to change your mind. Right. So that was a very interesting that you're kind of hinting at there. A very interesting part of this deal is Mondelez saying, we'll change the name of the company to Hershey and move to Hershey, Pennsylvania. That's the best part of this deal. I don't have to say Mondelez anymore. Right. So obviously, uh, you know, Mondelez, Peltz famously said the name sounded like a disease. It's just one of those, it's not a consumer facing name. You know, no one. People know Oreo. They know Triscuit. They don't necessarily know Mondelez. It looks French. I it mean, do- it ends it does, L-E-Z, right. Mondelez. You don't know how to say it. Um, I think for people in the financial journalism circles, it's it's one of those things that we sort of laugh about and wonder if it'll change. I don't think the average consumer on the street even knows that name, and they're probably fine with that. But you could see when Mondelez is saying, we'll move the company to Hershey, You know, we'll change the name to Hershey, I do believe that that was clearly a message to sort of the political factors in Pennsylvania that would surround any deal like this. Was this offer a surprise? 
you know, I think there's always an element of a surprise when you get the specifics. I don't, I don't think people thought it would be Mondelez. I'll put it that way. Hershey as a takeover target has been mentioned for months. You know, it was a question of who would want it. Would Pepsi want it? They could roll it into Frito Lay. You know, like I said, Hershey has struggled. There was a sense that they were a target. I do believe that there was some genuine uh, surprise that it was Mondelez who emerged again because people thought of Mondelez as kind of a weakened target, not necessarily as acquisitive. Have any analysts come out with notes suggesting that maybe there is another bidder here since it's since Hershey's been sort of bandied about as a takeover target? You know, the idea is that maybe a maybe this was a starting point for negotiations that uh, maybe now they're going to expect Mondelez to up the bid. Then there's thought, you know, Nestle, do they want to get back involved? That's always a potential one. People wonder about Pepsi. You know, Indra has said that they, they're sort of, Pepsi has kind of been all dressed up, no place to go. They want to do something. They have to diversify the portfolio a little bit away from sugar. But she's basically said that multiples are too high at the moment. So, you know, people, Pepsi has the power. They have the cash. And then obviously there's the specter of 3G. You know, 3G with Buffett's help. Buffett has a huge cash pile. You know, they could kind of buy whatever they want, to be honest with you. They're sort of fresh into putting together Kraft and Heinz. That's going. But if you if you follow the logic that they're on a two-year cycle, they're going to be looking around now. So what is the logic of, of – so it certainly seems like – now, you mentioned there's some, obviously some synergies. Mondelez already owns some chocolate companies. Uh, but then you're also talking about getting away from sugar. Has Hershey itself decided they want to get away from sugar? Does this mean that Mondelez is doubling down on sugar? Well, so if you talk to the people here, I was down in Hershey a couple of weeks ago for a visit, interviewing some people there, and you know they ma- they bought a beef jerky company. They're making a big push into beef jerky, so they're trying very to de- healthy the beef jerky. You know, it's funny. Um, beef jerky is viewed as checking off some of the health boxes. It's low in carbs, low sugar. I stand corrected. High protein. No, it's funny. I mean, I think you know it's processed meat. It's incredibly salty. I mean, I think the, the idea of beef jerky as a health food is one of the great mysteries of sort of the food space in the last couple of years. But the numbers are crazy. I mean, beef jerky has exploded. Again, it's like I said, high protein, low sugar, low carbs, so it's checking boxes for people. So Hershey goes and buys this company Crave out of uh, California's wine country, you know, that's sort of like grass-fed premium jerky. So that's been Hershey's foray away from chocolate. But if you look at that 10K, look at the numbers, they make their money selling chocolate in the United States. And you go down to Hershey, everyone wants to talk about beef jerky and these other things they're doing. They're getting into sort of dark chocolate. They call it mass premium. They're, you know, they've made uh, Reese's and Hershey into into trail mix. That's something they, you know, they say millennials love. So, but again, they're telling you everything they're doing outside of chocolate. And at the end of the conversation, they say, just so you know, we love the chocolate business. Every, you know, to, to a man, every executive says, just so you know, we love the chocolate business. So very much still a, a chocolate company. And certainly there's no way that you'll be able to disassociate the brand Hershey from Right. Chocolate. And look, people still, you know, all this stuff about healthy eating, I cover it all the time. People still like to indulge. People still like a schmore on July 4th weekend. People like a Reese's cup. I think people know, hey, I shouldn't, when I want a snack in the afternoon, maybe a Hershey bar is not the best option. I should go for a kind bar or almonds, whatever. But people still buy chocolate. It's just a question of whether there's growth there. All right, Craig, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know you're a Bloomberg reporter. All Bloomberg reporters are, are simply reporting, but I'm going to ask you for a prediction. What happens here? Do we see a bump in a bid? Does this thing just go away? Does a deal get done? You know, it, it's. I'm going to say no to the deal in the immediate future. I just think it's so complicated. You know, there's other stuff out there to buy, I guess is what I would say. And I just think if someone, if Nestle's sitting there looking, 
you know, obviously I think that this leaked out because Mondelez was frustrated. That's my my sense of what went on here is that Mondelez was talking to them. There's incredible dysfunction between this Hershey company and the Trustco board, and this deal leaked out because again, they want they're hoping to create some pressure from shareholders to say, "Hey guys, you need to look at this. This is a nice premium. You know, this this uh, company has an uncertain future. We need to do something." But I don't know. I just think it's uh, it's a complex environment with all the politics involved, and so I, I have a hard time seeing it getting done in the immediate. In the sort of next couple of weeks or months. By the way, one of the more wilder theories I've heard on this is that actually, speaking of your Nelson Peltz uh, and 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 Bill Ackman uh, associations, uh, the the theory I heard that that uh, from one person was that Mondelez actually is the company that wants to get acquired here, and by going public by saying they want to buy Hershey, they put more pressure on whatever company out there wants to buy Mondelez to say. Look, you want to buy us? Now's the time. Otherwise, we're moving forward with getting bigger ourselves. Interesting. Well, like I said, the notes that started to come out were using the word defensive when it came to Mondelez. That this was, you know, so that either they're going to get too big that they want to get so big that somebody can't buy them. But that's interesting that people are saying that that this is their signal to the market that hey, now's the time because we're going to add something on. You know, Mondelez has to do something. The sort of the economics and the rationale for creating that company have really. Been called into question. That, was emer- that emerging market story, you know, they still get on the earnings calls and talk about the growing middle class and access to income, and they want triscuits and and things like that. But Mondelez, you know, just the, the the emerging market story is not what it was when that company was created. Craig Giamona, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Sitka Writer. Why, why Sitka Writer? Sitka is a town in Alaska where I lived for a few years. Worked at the newspaper there, the Sit- the Daily Sitka Sentinel. Bloomberg Consumer Reporter. Now, uh, Craig, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So that's it for this week's episode. You can expect more Bloomberg reporters and M&A professionals who are doing deals real-time in coming episodes. And until then, find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and Bloomberg.com, as well as on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe there. And also take a minute to rate and review the show while you're there. You can follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. See you next week. Mm